What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Tuesday, August 24th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Josie Duffy-Rice, and this is What A Day, the podcast created by the computer glitch that results from hitting rewind on HBO Max. Yeah, the new <laughs> Y2K is somehow going to happen uh, because somebody was trying to skip ahead in Sex and the City. It's true. I lose minutes a day to pressing the rewind button. Yeah, it's dark out there. Be careful. <laughs> On today's show, the Paralympics kick off in Tokyo, plus new research suggests that T-Rexes might have been more gentle-jawed than we thought. But first, yesterday was a pivotal moment for one of the coronavirus vaccines. So let me say this uh, loudly and clearly. If you're one of the millions of Americans who said that they uh, will not get the shot until it has full and final approval of the FDA, it has now happened. That was President Biden speaking after the FDA granted full approval for the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. That approval is for people in the U.S. who are 16 and older, and it is the first vaccine in the country to move beyond just the, quote, emergency use authorization that has been in place for months now. And it was even given a fancy name, one I can't pronounce. Please lead us, Gideon. (laughs) I'm being thrown to the wolves here. Um, I think (laughs) the name on the market is Comirnaty. Just rolls off the tongue. Super easy. Sounds like some sort of community put through some sort of audio machine. (laughs) Put through a sea shanty. Yeah. Yes, exactly. A sea shanty. (laughs) But Gideon, you've been looking into what full approval means in practical terms right now. Yeah. I mean, there's the personal and the communal effect of all this, as is the case with, you know, the whole pandemic. But that's how I've been sort of thinking about it. On the personal, I hope, but I don't quite know, honestly, and I don't know that anybody does, that this is going to move some people to get vaccinated if they haven't yet or if they haven't had the opportunity to yet. Uh, We are in a pretty grave moment right now with nearly 100,000 people on average hospitalized with COVID in the U.S. daily. Plus, for the first time since March, the average daily deaths have climbed over 1,000 in recent days. And so all of that is happening while the school year is kicking off and children under 12 are not eligible for vaccines yet. It's just terrifying that 1,000 people a day are dying from COVID still. I know. Very tragic. So talk to us a little bit about the communal effects. Well, so we already saw the severity of this Delta wave lead a lot of places to start instituting vaccine mandates of different sorts before yesterday. But Mm -hmm. if the full FDA approval is not going to end up moving people personally to get vaccinated, more and more communal settings are going to make it a requirement now. For example, almost right as the full FDA approval came down, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio mandated that all Department of Education employees have at least one dose of a vaccine by September 27th. According to the New York Times, that is going to apply to almost 150,000 workers, and it's likely going to be influential given that we're talking about the largest public school system in the country. Yeah, there was a relatively kind of quick cascade on the education front just over the last 24 hours or so. Yeah, that's definitely the place where it seems like the most is happening, right? So uh, Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey announced a similar plan yesterday for the state's school employees, though 
with the option of actually undergoing weekly testing instead, that's actually not available under the New York City plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Louisiana State University announced that students are going to be required to be vaccinated, as did the University of Minnesota, among other colleges and universities. And it seems like other sectors have also started to announce mandates, too. Is that right? Yeah. So on Monday as well, the Pentagon formally announced that they are going to require vaccinations for all military service members. That had already kind of been in the works, but seems to have gotten expedited by the FDA approval. Then on the industry side, Chevron uh, came out and said that they were going to mandate it for some employees by November 1st. CVS said there will be a requirement for some 100,000 employees or so by the end of October slash early November. So collectively, if we add up all these bits and pieces, it should add up to some measurable increase in vaccination rates nationally, we would think. Yeah, let's hope so. One last thing that I think some people might have been wondering that I've seen some people asking, which is why did this take so long? Yeah, it really seems like it, right? There's like a lot of people who have been vaccinated for quite some time, and yet it seems like it took forever to get this full approval. But according to the Washington Post, the companies behind this particular vaccine, Pfizer and BioNTech, actually filed for licensing in early May. And so this inevitably took less than four months. That actually made it the fastest approval in the FDA's history. But To the thought process of some of these people, the FDA did move pretty deliberately, like even as some health experts were pushing them to go faster as Delta was taking over. Mm -hmm. They basically wanted something like six months of follow-up data on people who were in the clinical trial, and that was something like 44,000 people across numerous countries. So it was a lot of data to have to look at and analyze. We'll see how all this shakes out in the days and weeks to come, as well as where else there may or may not be mandates. But Josie, let's turn to voting rights now. There was a host of news on that front from around the country, as is unfortunately the case most days. Yeah. So for years, the right has been pushing to limit access to the ballot, trying to make it more difficult for people to vote. Democrats and progressives, meanwhile, have generally been pushing for the opposite, hoping to actually expand or at least maintain ballot access, right? Right. Uh, So here's what's happening just these past few days around the country on voting rights. Let's start out with Texas. This has been a big story over the last couple of weeks. Where do things stand there? Yeah, so Texas is the only major Republican-controlled state that has not passed more restrictive voting rights since Donald Trump lost the 2020 election Hmm. and began his rampant and, of course, completely false claims of election stealing. But for months, Republicans there have tried to pass a bill that would do stuff like outlaw 24-hour polling sites, prohibit drive through voting, and give increased access to partisan poll watchers. Mm. The bill was passed in the state Senate and was expected to pass in the state House, too, since Republicans have a majority in both houses. But listeners might remember that last month, more than 50 House Democrats left Austin and flew to Washington, D.C. to prevent a quorum, and therefore hopefully making it impossible for Republicans to pass the legislation. Right. But last week, Three of those 50 Democrats returned to the House chamber, restoring a quorum and effectively paving the way for Republicans to accomplish their goal of restricting ballot access. So the news is that yesterday, the State House's Constitutional Rights and Remedies Committee began taking public comment for that bill. And Republicans are rushing to bring it to a vote as soon as possible because they want that bill to pass as quickly as they can. Yeah, they've done like a million legislative sessions just to have uh, this specific vote, it seems, passed and done with. But yeah, it isn't all bad news, I guess we could say, on voting rights, as it were. There's at least a 
positive development that happened in North Carolina. So what was the story there? Yeah, there's some great news out of North Carolina. So 55,000 people who have been convicted of a felony had their right to vote restored on Monday. Wow. Previously, people on probation and parole in the state were not permitted to cast a ballot. Uh, Yesterday, though, a state court ruled that anyone who is not incarcerated has the right to vote. And North Carolina is the latest state to expand ballot access for people who have been convicted of a crime. Yeah, so people might not have been paying attention to everything that was going on here. So what is the actual backstory and how this ruling came to be? Yeah, so last week, lawyers for civil rights groups argued in front of a three-judge panel, and they basically said that, look, state legislators passed this provision in the state constitution way back in 1875 because they were motivated by, spoiler alert, racism. Mm -hmm. Like many states, especially in the South where I live, white legislators in North Carolina originally passed felon disenfranchisement laws as a way to prevent black people from having voter access. Right. And in fact, attorneys at the State Department of Justice who were tasked with defending the law actually agreed that the original intent behind the law was racist. But they argued that the law was updated in the 1970s, which apparently means it was no longer discriminatory. Right. Mm -hmm. That all checks out, of course, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But (laughs) as you're talking through this, right, civil rights groups clearly demonstrated the law was not just racially discriminatory back then. It is racially discriminatory right this very moment. Exactly. I mean, this law has been racially discriminatory since the minute it was passed in 1875. Right. And right now, black people make up 21% of North Carolina's voting age population, but they are 42% of the people disenfranchised by that law. So literally double. Man. Thankfully, the panel was unpersuaded by the state's defense of disenfranchisement, but Republican lawmakers unsurprisingly have promised to appeal the ruling. Meanwhile, in other states, approximately 5.2 million Americans are still prohibited from voting due to laws that disenfranchise people who have been convicted of felonies. Yeah, a truly unconscionable number of people. One, I guess, more local story uh, that we were monitoring on voting rights was actually taking place in Georgia, your home state, Mm -hmm. in Fulton County, to be exact, which I'm sure people listening know uh, is where Atlanta is. Yeah, so in my home state and home county last week, The state elections board voted unanimously to assign a panel to conduct a review of the Fulton County Elections Board. Um, That sounds like bureaucratic administration and not that interesting, but it actually is a really big deal. So Gideon, you may remember that Georgia went blue in the 2020 election. I have uh, wiped out everything from my memory before (laughs) earlier today, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no, uh, big deal. Pretty big stuff happening in the Senate as well. Yeah, we got two Democratic senators. And as a result, in March, Republican lawmakers passed a new elections law that gives the state board of elections the power to take over local elections by reviewing a local elections board. Mm. If in the review, the state board finds evidence that the local board has shown, quote, nonfeasance, malfeasance, or gross negligence, the state board can suspend the local board and install someone of their choosing to oversee elections in that county. And unsurprisingly, Republican lawmakers have long pushed the board to review elections in Fulton County, Mm -hmm. which has left voting rights advocates pretty concerned that the state board, which is overwhelmingly Republican, will soon attempt to take over local elections in Fulton County where voters almost half of whom are black, vote overwhelmingly Democratic. Yeah, this stuff is often so cartoonishly transparent in intent. Absolutely. So we'll be following that story in the weeks and months to come. And that's a quick update on what's happening on voting rights this week. And that is the latest for now.
It is Tuesday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about the going away party for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. At long last, yesterday was Cuomo's final day in office, and he released a pre-recorded statement that was vintage him. It included challenges to the Attorney General's report that led to his ouster, plus attacks on the media for reporting on the many, many allegations of sexual harassment against him. The Attorney General's report was designed to be a political firecracker on an explosive topic. And it worked. There was a political and media stampede. But the truth will out in time. Of that, I am confident. All right, we are just going to have to wait and see. We have talked a lot about the different ways that this man is uniquely bad, but an all-new flaw came to light yesterday. It was the report that in leaving the governor's mansion last week to make way for Kathy Hochul, Cuomo left behind his dog, Captain, who was by his side throughout the pandemic. Cuomo asked staff members at the mansion if they wanted his dog. That's according to the Albany Times Union. One staffer reportedly gave Captain a home for a few days, but changed his mind. All right. Uh, A senior advisor and spokesperson for Cuomo said he was only looking for dog care on a temporary basis while he goes on vacation and described the reports as, quote unquote, crazy. So, Josie, there is a lot to say about Cuomo's sexual harassment, his dishonesty, his relationship with his father, all of his twisted pathologies. But (laughs) specifically on the subject of prized dog abandonment, what are your thoughts? I mean, if it turns out that this story is actually true, it is like a textbook remarkable way to go out on just a really low note when you're already kind of going out in shame. Um, You almost have to give it to Cuomo. I mean, all that the only thing he hadn't done at this point was abandon a dog and he managed to check that off his bucket list yeah it's almost too fitting of how he operates that it, it makes it a little bit harder to believe on its merits just because yeah. we're like oh yeah this is absolutely a thing right that he would do i'm a bit more confused about like the passage of this dog from like one staffer to another <laughs> like is it could there be some sort of like arrangement here where like i don't know perhaps we find somebody who would be a legitimate and good caretaker of the dog before maybe saying, hey, why don't you take him for a day? See what happens. You know, honestly, publishers should offer this dog like an $8 million book contract. Um, <laughs> yes, and, yes. And we can really get the true story. Um, yeah, but seriously, let's just make sure that this dog does not get uh, mistreated. But just like that, we have checked our temps. If you have a dog, it's best that you keep being its caregiver. That's how that thing works. Uh, but we'll be back after some apps. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants 
are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. President Biden's initial plan to completely withdraw all troops from Afghanistan by August 31st may face resistance today during his virtual meeting with G7 leaders who want him to extend the deadline so more people can be safely evacuated. In Sunday's address, Biden said his administration may extend the deadline, but yesterday the Taliban warned that there would be, quote, consequences if the U.S. does not remove all troops by that date, and U.S. military advisors told the White House that Biden should make a decision ahead of the G7 meeting. This all comes as the Pentagon is ramping up evacuations from Kabul's airport by deploying American helicopters and troops to assist. And as of yesterday, 37,000 people had been evacuated since August 14th when the Taliban seized control of Kabul. Also yesterday, the Taliban held its first meeting of religious leaders since retaking Kabul, laying out guidelines about the country's religious instructions moving forward. The 2020 Paralympic Games in Tokyo begin today, just a few weeks after the Tokyo Olympics came to an end, and all the Olympians got to go home to beds made of metal or wood. We all remember that beloved story. Uh, This marks the 16th Summer Paralympic Games, and over 4,000 athletes are competing in Tokyo for the next 12 days. New events are going to include badminton and taekwondo. And for the first time, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee will give Paralympians the same amount of money for winning medals as Olympians, and the events will be broadcast on primetime TV. I don't know why that took so long. As Japan's number of COVID-19 cases continue to rise and break Japan's own records, spectators are banned from the Paralympics, but organizers want to allow about 130,000 school children to attend. Hmm. Uh, Some competitions that you can watch today include cycling, swimming, and table tennis. The only pro-Trump cybersecurity firm named after a deep-cut Disney Channel original movie, Cyber Ninjas, (laughs) is delaying the release of its 2020 election audit in Arizona because its employees are, of course, sick with COVID-19. The firm reportedly delivered a draft version of their report to Arizona state senators yesterday instead of the full version they had promised. 
And this might shock you, but any conclusions the report reaches will be extremely suspect since the cyber ninjas have no experience in administering or auditing elections and have received nearly $6 million in funding from Trump allies. Mm -hmm. They're also using questionable methods of analysis, like looking for bamboo in paper ballots, (laughs) which we have to assume is part of some indie conspiracy theory that hasn't broken out big yet. And in regards to the COVID delay, the burning question is whether the ninjas were vaccinated. And for now, that question has not been answered. We have our suspicions. It would be against their ninja training, however, to not dodge the needle. That is definitely true. I (laughs) consider myself a cyber ninja when I'm navigating the HBO Max app. Uh, That is a joke to bring back full circle from earlier. Uh, That's how we do it here. Okay, a new study of the jawbone of a Tyrannosaurus Rex has revealed that the world's most famous dinosaur had a mouth that is more sensitive than scientists previously thought. We can all sense that this is a huge brag, and here is why. It theoretically would have let T-Rex chew its prey differently, depending on the body part, and it could have also let it carry its children around in its mouth. The fact that this does not happen at all in Jurassic Park is proof of Steven Spielberg's obvious bias against mama dinosaurs. It has been there the whole time. You just had to look. Here is another story about an ancient monster playing against type. A giant tortoise on the islands of Seychelles was recently recorded eating a baby bird, dear lord. Uh, Giant tortoises were formerly considered herbivores, but there were rumors that they sometimes acted as slow bird assassins. And as of this week, those rumors have been tragically confirmed in the journal Current Biology. Now, one explanation for this behavior is that birds are a source of calcium, a rare nutrient on islands that tortoises need to build eggshells. You know, I got to tell you, my three-year-old son will be so excited to hear about the Tyrannosaurus Rex and his new jaw. (laughs) He cares about T-Rexes more than... He cares about any other dinosaur or person. I'm excited for him as well as his worldview more generally. (laughs) And those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, help find a home for Cuomo's dog, please, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just the script for Cyber Ninjas 2, hack in action, like me, (laughs) What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. So check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and congrats, congrats on your great, great jaw, jaw, T-Rex. You have a great jawline. You're a beautiful creature, and um, we love you. And if you keep complimenting T-Rexes, maybe he won't eat you. Exactly. This is our way out. Yep. You're, you're exactly right. <laughs>
I'm Jessica Reeves, and I've been analyzing and reporting on extremism for the last 10 years, and I have the gray hair to prove it. Subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, for an always eye-opening look inside the daily work of exposing, fighting, and disrupting all facets of extremism. My co-host, Oren Siegel, and I explore this ever-changing landscape and bring you stories of people and places impacted by extremism, those who fight to protect our communities, and those who offer new perspectives. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.